Welcome to Luxury Institute's podcast. I'm Milton Pedraza, Luxury Institute CEO. And I'm Katie Sousa, Senior Consultant, Client Relationships and Projects. In the last several years, we've utilized our podcast, Thank You for Listening, the expertise of emotionally intelligent luxury. We've shared our latest white papers, as well as any webinars or interviews that we're hosting with special guests. While we will continue to share these elements through our podcast and beyond, we are far more intrigued today to share what the expertise of emotionally intelligent luxury actually means through what we've coined ECs, or ECE, lowercase s, extraordinary customer experiences. Over the last 20 years, we've been blessed with two vast global networks. The first one includes top professionals, or better known as our global luxury expert network, our GLEN. It's top tier sales professionals, current and former luxury executives of luxury goods and services brands, and experts. The other is the global network of high net worth and ultra high net worth individuals who love to share their perspectives, whether it's their values, their priorities, behaviors, as well as the extraordinary experiences they've received and how a brand can better meet their expectations and desires over time. Thanks to these two exceptional networks, we have a very strong ability to align not only what high net worth and ultra high net worth clients expect with how top professionals can best serve them and create those extraordinary customer experiences. Today, we are embarking on a new journey through our podcast. We'd like to gather the best extraordinary customer experiences from all perspectives, whether the high net worth and ultra high net worth client or top professionals. We plan to share the latest extraordinary customer experiences we've learned about our networks and from our networks, and then examine not only what they did, but how they did it using their emotional intelligence skills and relationship building skills. We'd love to share your stories. So whether you've delivered, received, or witnessed an exceptional customer experience, please share it with us. You can do so in the comments, or you can contact us at luxuryinstitute.com. Milton, I'll hand it to you. Well, Katie, we want to celebrate the heroes of extraordinary customer experiences. So let's dive in. So Milton, what is an extraordinary customer experience? Well, Katie, there's a lot of elements uh, and it could be the venue, it could be the product. All those are elements of the extraordinary customer experience. But what ultra high net worth and high net worth tell us is that they want to engage with thoughtful human beings. They want to build relationships. And in our research, you know that we have discovered, distilled, and now are teaching the five elements that high net worth and ultra high net worth have told us in our quantitative as well as our continuous qualitative research over the last 20 years matter most to them. So the best way to illustrate that is probably just to share a story that really encompasses and describes the five elements within it. So this is a story about a Lexus sales associate in a Lexus dealership in Sydney, Australia. A very wealthy individual has acquired a top of the line BMW and they're normally imported into Australia. And he forgot to order an accessory to arrive with the car. When he goes back to the dealer and says, I want this accessory, the dealer says, it's gonna take 90 days. Now this is an advertising entrepreneur, a mogul of advertising in Sydney. So he says, okay, I'm gonna test this system. So he goes to the Mercedes dealer says, if I bought a top of the line Mercedes and I forgot to order an accessory such as this, how long would it take for you to deliver it? 
and the Mercedes dealer says, oh, we're better than BMW. It's going to take 60 days, not 90 days. But saying he keeps going on and on. And he finally gets to the Lexus dealer and he meets a sales executive there. And he tells him the story and he says, how long would it take for you to deliver that? And the associate simply says, sir, I'll be back to you within eight hours. So a little frustrated, he says, I don't get it. Why can't you give me a response and a timetable like the other dealers? He says, sir, I'll be back to you within eight hours. And within four hours, guess what arrives at the office in a very nice package that says, courtesy of Lexus. The BMW part. So this guy's really happy. And the Lex, he calls him up and says, how did you do that? My BMW dealer can't get the part and you were able to do it as a Lexus associate. He says, sir, my job is to deliver extraordinary customer experiences, even to people who are not my direct clients. And that would be the end of the story. And it's a very happy ending, except for one thing. The entrepreneur starts to tell his friends. And so some of his friends are a little skeptical. One day, one of the friends says, look, you keep telling this story and you know, fine, the guy did a nice thing for you and you're happy, but you still own a BMW. He didn't benefit from anything. You don't want a Lexus today, do you? And he said, you know, Mike, you're right. But what you don't know is that I've recommended a Lexus and this gentleman to 10 of our other friends and colleagues and five of them have bought a Lexus. So Katie, that's a lot of, to unpack in that story, but let's try, okay? How is it an extraordinary customer experience? Examining the five elements of emotional intelligence, right, from our quantitative and qualitative research. Five elements of emotional intelligence, expertise, empathy, trustworthiness, and generosity, all utilizing your creativity. So first and foremost, the level of empathy that the sales executive had. He understood the situation. He asked the right questions. Most likely we're assuming he asked the right questions and he was able to listen to the client in order to then execute all of those other elements. I think his empathy was that even though the guy didn't say, boy, I wish you could get me my part right now. I think in, in my hypothesis is that's what the Lexus dealer heard in his head. Hey, this guy wants that part right now. And to me, that's the empathy part. But keep going. Tell me more. But also the timeline. So to think about, you know, your perspective, he's telling the sales executive the story. Oh, BMW said 90 days. Mercedes said 60 days. And he thought, I can do much better than that. Let me surprise and delight this client. How can I go above and beyond? But let's back up a little bit into expertise. If he didn't know that he could actually get the part, there's no way that he actually could have executed on this story. There's no way. So he had to have known that he had the BMW part available. It probably was even sitting within the desk to provide to the client. So I don't know if it was sitting within the desk, Katie, but <laughs> I will tell you what you make me think about. This guy must have had a lot of relationships in the auto industry yes. to pull that off, right? So For that's sure. part of the expertise, I think, that you have a really good network. Keep going. Tell me more. So he had the expertise to know, number one, he could deliver the part within that amount of time. But two, he utilized his creativity in how he delivered it. 
He said, I'll get back to you within eight hours. He didn't overpromise and underdeliver. He was able to package it beautifully and deliver it to the client as a surprise, as a way to say, I heard you, I'm listening. Here you are. I hope you have a wonderful day. And it's as simple as that. Not simplistic, but simple and powerful all in one example. Yes, I can't, I can't help but think that somebody else would have just delivered the part and handed it to him instead of taking the time to package it, to wrap it up and write a really nice note. Because or that say, has a, a lot more um, mm -hmm. effect, right? Or say, yes, we actually can get the part for you within two hours. Oh, and that'll be $40. Thank you very much. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously here in, here in trust, clearly. Clearly. Now, so this gentleman trusted him enough to recommend him. What I always wonder is when you do a good deed, very often people, sometimes you do expect something because we're all a little selfish. Like when wealthy people give a lot of money and, you know, they name a library after them, like JP Morgan, uh, I guess there's some expectation. I wonder what was going on in, in this associate's head as he was executing this extraordinary customer experience. What do you think was happening? Well, someone who has very strong emotional intelligence as well as relationship building skills understands that you create extraordinary experiences with the intention of a long-term relationship, not with the immediate gain of what you'll get out of it, but what the client will get out of it. The long-term relationship is in fact that he recommended Lexus to 10 people. That is the long-term relationship, yes. right? Exactly. So he understood that perhaps what might have cost the company $10, $20 to order to provide to him is nothing. It's peanuts in comparison to what ultimately he's going to get out of that relationship. And again, not even as an owner of the brand. I know, you know, it reminds me of the Sheila story. Should we tell the Sheila story? I think we should, because it certainly connects here. Okay, so there's a lady who worked at a, uh, a top men's clothing brand. I mean, really the top of the top. And there's only a few of those so you can guess. And she worked in the New York store. And she had a habit that she would send birthday cards, Christmas cards, always thank you cards after the first purchase, to everyone. Whether they purchased or not, she just had a long client. And so she kept doing this with one particular client who only bought a couple of ties for 10 years. And one day there's a call to the store and there's an irate wife. She says, I want to know who the hell is Sheila and why has she been sending cards to my husband? And so the manager gets on, puts Sheila on and Sheila explains. And then she's talking with her husband and Sheila at the same time. And she's saying, Herbie, how much did you buy from Sheila? And Sheila explains that only two ties, but you know, I love to send birthday cards and Christmas cards. And the irate wife turns around and says, Herbie, you cheapskate. You've only bought two ties from Sheila. And for 10 years, she has religiously and kindly sent you birthday cards and Christmas cards. We're going in there, Herbie, and you're buying three suits from Sheila tomorrow. Of course, I'm telling the story, but this is a true story, Katie. We both know Sheila, mm -hmm. right? Wonderful and, human being. And so what elements do you think? I mean, was she foolish? I mean, in the end, it turns out she wasn't foolish to try that. Um, it's a probabilities game, right? But 
I, I think what we're saying is that if you use these elements, in this case, I think a lot of generosity more than anything else and earning trust, little empathy because she relates to the, his birthday. Uh, but maybe it was her expertise that said, there's a probability that even people who buy a small amount will come back and be good customers or they'll refer me. No, we haven't even really examined the trustworthiness part of that story, right? Tell trustworthiness is a long-term game, right? Just in the Lexus story, he demonstrated that he was trustworthy without even saying anything. The same thing in the Sheila story. She is demonstrating year after year after year that not only is she trustworthy, she's gener generous and kind, but she's also quite disciplined, if I have to say so. Very disciplined in how she continuously engages with her client, whether they reply or not. And that is, I think, the emphasis on that story of she is very focused on creating extraordinary experiences for her clients, even if it's, again, not in a moment or a short-term game for her. And I think, Katie, one of the elements that we said we would touch upon in this podcast is customer lifetime value. How Certainly. poorly calculated it is, right? Uh, customers uh, are measured by how recently they bought, how frequently they have bought over their lifetime, and how much they have purchased. But that's only half the equation, as I think we saw with the referrals. There's a lot of other elements that come into a customer relationship. One of them is that they may skip a few years, but they may come back. The other thing I think we're seeing with ultra high net worth is that they're telling us that at 65, their doctors are telling them they're going to live another 30 years. They need to start planning on a couple of more careers and a lot more travel because they're going to be healthy. And so I think when companies extrapolate and they say, oh, to 55 or to 65, they're missing out on another potential 20 years. Correct. And then talk a little bit about referrals, how that enters into customer lifetime value. Well, today, most brands are not measuring referrals, and they're certainly not accounting it within the customer lifetime value because they're looking at a consumer from how often they are purchasing, how much they're spending, as opposed to looking at this person might have only bought two ties. Oh, but then 10 years later, they come back and they buy three suits, probably, which is closer to $10,000, $15,000. So you're not necessarily counting the customer lifetime value for the long term. And you're certainly not looking at it from a referral point of view, going back to the Lexus story. He recommended 10 individuals to Lexus, five of them purchased, but he never himself became a Lexus owner. He maintained his BMW. So we're not accounting for that gentleman who recommended 10 people. And we don't even know from that story if those five other people who didn't go to Lexus maybe went two years later. So we're not accounting for all of those great recommendations from clients or non-clients within our customer lifetime value. I'm really curious to see how in the next several years that will be tracked. But today, really the only way to measure that is by a human, very similar to how we measure our behavioral and emotional metrics. It is done manually by a human because you know, I sent X amount today, or this is how many times I was generous and kind today. But how do you think they'll measure referrals going forward? Well, I was going to say, we know that the great sales professionals keep track, even if it's in a notebook, 
right? And they understand the dynamics of those six degrees of separation, connecting the dots, even where there are no dots. And we call those people in many ways, super connectors, which is a topic for another day, but um, absolutely. And I think what we're trying to say is, and, and we're just starting this journey, extraordinary customer experiences have a tremendous amount of output. They generate a tremendous amount of goodwill that very often we don't measure, but that over time stacks up. And that's how people become extraordinary uh, performers by delivering extraordinary customer experiences. Thank you, Milton. Great discussion today. So as we come to a close on this podcast, the first of our EC's extraordinary customer experiences, we want to thank you for listening. And we'd love to hear from you. Share your comments, your thoughts on today's discussion. But we most importantly would love to hear your extraordinary customer experiences, whether you've delivered it, received it, witnessed it. We want to hear your story. We'd love to share them here through our podcast and beyond. So contact us in the comments or you can reach us at luxuryinstitute.com. And Milton, I'll give you the last word. Until next time, we wish you good luck. And as we always say, in terms of building relationships and emotional intelligence, we wish you even greater skill.